Hello, Rathina. Hello. Thank you uh, for helping me out with this. Um, just a, real quick before you introduce yourself, uh, the reason this show has started is to kind of have a place for people to go where they want to get into pro-am drifting and kind of for other pro-am drivers to maybe learn from other people's situations because everyone's different. Um, and that's what I want to do. And I thought you would be perfect first guest since you are not only a pro-am driver but now an event organizer yourself and you could kind of like we'll touch base on both um but first if you'd like to go ahead introduce yourself uh that'd be great awesome thank you um well for those that don't know me i am rathina gomer or if you follow me on instagram it's lady z33 um a lot of people don't know my real name <laughs> And I um, am a drift enthusiast. I have been competing and drifting on the pro-am level for three years now, I think it is, and um, took a break from it in this year and started up a new pro-am series, a Formula Drift Feeder series at Irwindale Speedway called the Drift League in partnership with Moto IQ. And I also work with Moto IQ as their social media manager um, yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other things about my life, but we'll keep it at that. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And, um, I had so many, I actually wrote down questions because I wanted to be prepared as, at least as best as I could be for this. Um, of course, I can't find any of my notes at the moment. Oh, here we go. And for those that don't know, um, what is your introduction to drifting? How did you find drifting? Um, well, so I found drifting when I was, I think I guess I first heard of it when I was 13, so in like 2003. And um, the guy I was like dating at the time, every time I tell the story, people are like, what, you were dating at 13? Yes, secretly I was. And... Um, <laughs> My boyfriend at the time, who was my high school sweetheart, we were together until I was 18, he was obsessed with, like, just Japanese culture, the JDM world. This is, like, before drifting was really that popular in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And so um, I started playing, like, Gran Turismo 3 with him, like, like over the phone, not, like, online, because online gameplay wasn't a thing back then, and fell in love with cars that way, and then... Um, you know, when we would hang out, he would show me option two videos and he showed me, I remember watching the drift Bible, um, you know, back when I was like 15 and then he took me to my first event, drift event at Irwindale actually in 2006 and it was D1 GP. And, um, once I saw drifting in person for the very first time, it was seriously love at first sight. I was like, this is the sickest thing ever. I don't really understand exactly what's going on. I didn't know too much about the cars. All I knew is that I wanted to try it too. And so, you know, fast forward a couple years after I graduated high school, I was also, I drove a Z while I was in high school and oh, I know nice. hashtag spoiled. And, um, <laughs> I know. I've been a Z owner now for 12 years. I think about that. I'm like, wow, that makes me feel so old. Yeah, um, right. But I, so I used to go to car meets a ton. Um, there was this Thursday night car meet 
every week. And it was all a bunch of drifters at the time. And um, the funny thing is my first ride-along was actually with one of the Drift League judges, Riley Cahill, who um, was an avid street drifter at the time. Oh, shit. And, yep. And so this is back in 2008, so about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, there was this spot we used to go to, like a bunch of the local people, um, every Thursday night, and we go drifting at this place called the Square. And I didn't, I didn't drift back then. I was just kind of like fangirl. So I rode along with Riley, and I was like, "This is the craziest thing of my life." I thought I was gonna die, like legitimately thought I was gonna die, but it was the coolest thing ever. And so made a like bunch of friends that Thursday night. Uh, street drift crowd is like the crowd that started Thursday night drift at Adams. So it was actually at their first Thursday night drift ever at Adams Motorsports Park, which is crazy because they're coming up on their 10 year anniversary in like two weeks. That's and yeah, so that's kind of how I got into it. Um, you know, I started hanging around a bunch of shops locally and then got, I picked up an S13 from Riley actually. And then, Ended up, it had an RB25 in it. I took it out, put an SR in it because the RB was blown. And then um, didn't really drift that because the car kept like breaking. The SR blew up like three times. And <laughs> then I had, a, I had a Nismo 350Z that I didn't want to drift because it was too nice. But then I ended up learning how to drift on that car. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So now that we have like a little bit of a backstory from you. Um, what about, when did you decide that you were going to do Pro-Am and how did you go about getting into Pro-Am? How did you find out about Pro-Am? Um, and go ahead. Yeah. So I always knew I wanted to compete. Like when I first saw D1, like I was just in awe with like pro driving. I was never really like an avid street drifter kind of person even though I enjoyed that too but it was my it was always my goal to go pro and so being in SoCal um and hanging out with a lot of the drifters here you know I heard everyone talking about like just drift and top drift and like everyone going to like Willow Springs to drive so that's actually where I learned how to drift and then my goal was to like practice that balcony and then eventually get good enough to do top drift. So actually the first time I ever competed was in 2012. I did two rounds of top drift, balcony and horse thief. And then I took a break from like 2012 to 2015. And that's when I actually like went back in and competed like a full season. And yeah, in 2015, I actually did Southwest drift and top drift. So I did two and um, that was crazy. I can, you know, <laughs> between the traveling from Southwest Drift, especially from SoCal, I don't know what their um, their rounds were like then, but I can imagine, like, just driving from Riverside to uh, Willow Springs, it's it's a little, you know, it's not a short drive. It's not down the damn street. It's a hundred miles, yeah, yeah one yeah. way. And but it's crazy because when I was learning how to drift. I would go to Willow Springs like once a week because back then it was only 40 bucks to test and tune. And since I wasn't very good at driving, I wasn't really burning through tires. So it was really cheap for me to go to the track. Yeah. That's... Like I, 
I could okay. do a full day for less than a hundred bucks. Like it was at the time, I assume. And that at included, the time. That now it's like, yeah. Now it's like, <laughs> get just get, getting to the track costs like almost a thousand bucks. Oh, that's nuts. Oh, this, that's a whole nother deal. I'm trying to figure out too yeah. myself because I live twelve miles from um, Irwindale. So when when we have competitions there, it's to hop, skip, and the oh, jump that's away. Nice. Yeah. Um. So, and your your very first drifting event. How prepared or unprepared were you when you just went there? What was so like my first drift event period or like first pro am event? Your first pro am event to be specific. Um. Oh man, it's so hard to like that event. To be honest, all I can remember was it being soaking wet it was pouring rain so it was such a curveball because it was like sunny and hot like all the days surrounding that event and then it was just pouring rain so I I I can imagine I probably only brought one extra set of tires I don't remember like Oh man, such a different time back then. Like I never, I bought, I would probably bring like four used tires to the track. And then that was it. I didn't have any tools. I had an impact and then that was it. Um, To change tires? Yeah, just to change tires. And I mean, also my car was fairly stock. I mean, I had a the Z, the Nismo, and it had coilovers mm-hmm. and a welded diff, and that was it. And it was time to party, huh? Yeah, like, back then, that was enough. Like, that was enough to compete in Pro-Am. Oh, you didn't even have to have a cage? No. Not yeah. if you wanted to... Um, I think it was you needed a cage for a tandem, but it was my first event, and I wasn't, like, that good. I knew I wasn't going to qualify. I just really wanted to, like, go and say, like, oh, I finally competed, you know? And so I wanted to see what it was like. And so... Get your feet wet. Yeah, I got my feet wet. And, like, I remember back then they let us do three qualifying laps. Like, they give us, like, one practice and then, like, two that counted I don't know. It was just like so, so different. And so I didn't really have anything. It was just like showing up to a track day and driving. I wasn't thinking like, what do I need to do? How do I need to look? Like, I didn't know anything about anything back then at all. I was like, I just want to drive. Hmm. So I, was t- I guess you could say very unprepared, but it didn't really make a difference back then. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So it, I just I only got into the sport in um, 2015, so like as soon as I got in, I from my understanding that's the second year of what Pro Two was, if not the first. Um, yeah. So and I didn't even know what the hell Pro Am was, but I found it like within a few months of like getting into it, and I went to a Just Drift event, and I, if I remember specifically, I think it was the last round of that season because I remember Chair Slayer was there. Uh, I remember that's the first time I saw, uh, I found out who like Trenton Beancha was and um, Joe Tardif, the guy 
who uh, had a pretty bad wreck in a 240. Yeah, Joe's the homie. Yeah, I, I don't know him personally. I just know of the guy. Um, oh, he's so awesome. Like, it's funny because actually the first time I ever qualified yeah. in a Pro-Am event, I was matched against Joe. And I had never really tandemed before. <laughs> oh, and Joe's so, yeah, Joe's so awesome. He, like... He like walked over to me and he's like, okay, this is what you want to look for. This is where you want to look at on my car. You know, like just don't like drive too fast in this area. Like he like really walked me through it and was like, it was just so rad. He ended up going and winning that whole event. Like oh. he got first place. Nice. But what? it was, it was. Go ahead. No, I was just saying it was really cool. That's, that's actually really cool of him. Um, what actually was your first event? to qualify in a pro-am and how long did it take you like how many events before that in pro-am did you have before you finally qualified so okay so 2012 i don't really count and actually when i talk to people about competing i never even count my 2012 year because i just it was just for fun um but 2015 was like the first year i like built the race car the z that i have now mm-hmm and um, with the intention of like, okay, I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to have sponsors. I'm going to, you know, really focus on setup and having a team and all that stuff. So um, I went out to Southwest Drift round one. I remember it was February. They started very early that year. And um, it, was at, it was in Phoenix, the event. And so that was the first round of the season, and I actually qualified at that event. Um, so that was really cool um, that I qualified at my first, like, real competition in my mind. Um, but then I went on, like, a dry spell. Like, it was crazy because I actually – it took me forever to qualify in Top Drift. And um, Top Drift 2015, I didn't qualify once. I only did three rounds. And I was super pissed because at round three at um, the Dirt Oval, I was like, I was, I remember the judges like Taka telling me like, your line is the line to follow. Like I was killing it in practice and I was like in the right zone. Like my mind was just right. And then I went to go do my qualifying run and my first lap I spun out and I tend to always do that I tend to always spin out my first lap I went out for my second lap and it was a sick run I go and I'm coming into the middle section and I downshift in a second because my gearing was like all wacky back then and then my shifter popped out of gear and I straightened at the very last minute so I was like no I'm never gonna qualify in top drift (laughs) so I ended up qualifying in top drift for the first time in 2017 round four so last year at round four Hmm, Um, but then I went against Jason Kim and lost because Jason Kim's a beast (laughs) yeah I he uh he had a white 240 from my understanding I remember seeing him it was a s14 if I'm not mistaken I don't remember what he was driving at that yeah, event. He like that. popped in out of nowhere and like decided to do that one round. I, and I was know, like, of course. He, <laughs> I remember he did that for uh, the 2017 season at round four of Top Drift. He just like popped in. That's yeah. That's and then, the one and then that he, I And then he like went and in. fucked up like all the points for everybody. 
That's the one I'm talking about. That's the one I qualified in for the first time, and I got matched up with him. In 2017? Was it 2017? Yeah, it was 2017. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn it, I know. That's why I was like, of course. Of course you would come and just, you know, ruin my life today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's like, why did you have to show up today of all days? I know. Like, can you just let me get to top eight, please? You know what? Just give me that. Yeah, it's it's rough. Um, you know, I had a stupid. Well, it wasn't a stupid question. It was actually I thought it was a good question, and then I lost it as you were talking about something, and I forgot. So we'll kind of move on. Um, let's see. What's the uh? What do you in in your from your personal viewing? Uh, what is the biggest mistake you've made that you've learned from, um, as a driver? Oh, man. I would say this is something I've realized probably this year is that I didn't need to put so much into competing so fast. Like, I spent a lot of time and money, like, focusing on you know, competing in top drift last year for a full season just to be like a mid pack driver, you know, and I could have easily have put that same time and money into like track days and practice days to where I could like actually show up and make, you know, make some moves, make a wave. And so that was kind of like a frustrating thing for me, which is why I'm actually taking a break from competing because I, next time I go and decide like I want to compete, I want to actually be a person that people have to beat. Like I want to go to win. I don't want to go to just show up and gain experience because I've already done it enough. Like I already know exactly what to expect I know exactly what I need to do with my team, with my program, with my car. I've gone through it now two years, so I've gained that insight. I wouldn't I don't regret doing what I've done, but I think now I have enough insight on that part of it. I just need to focus on driving. Okay. And uh with with that, because being a a driver as well, um, I, I kinda have a two part question for this. So who is pushing you to do that? Do you, are you relying on yourself to push yourself to go to that next level? Do you have someone to help you, whether it's just get better tandem skills um, to assert? Mm, yeah. So, yeah. Is it is that something like who's helping you to to tighten your tandem skills? Is it you pushing yourself? Is it your mindset that you're dealing with? Or do you have somebody, a team, a person, whatever, helping you like, hey, you need to do this? Um, I don't really have a team. Unfortunately, that was like one thing I always struggled with for some reason, like finding solid people to travel with me because all of my good and reliable friends also competed. So it wasn't like it wasn't like I could borrow them for the weekend. And I know that if they weren't competing, they would have been down. But yeah. um, I guess you could say like as it's like mostly me, but I have a few close friends that are always like down for the cause. And whenever we can make it happen, we like intentionally go out and try to, you know, tandem practice and whatnot. And 
Um, one of those people that's helped me along the way with my driving is Micah, Micah Diaz. Um, you know, he's someone, he's a beast, dude. Yeah. He's such a beast. And like, he's got such a huge personality. Like it's when you actually talk to him in person, like people see him online, they're like, he's the same person in person. I know. I know. It's so funny. I always talk about Micah as like my little protege because that's, that's, but he's he's like, He's your problem he's child like, at the Drift League. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny because he's my biggest pain in the butt, but he's, like, one of my... It's funny because he's, like, one of my... Hello. Sorry about that. And no worries. Talking about Micah Diaz, what sucks is you were in the middle of it, and you're, like, actually talking about it from, like, the stomach, and, like, your voice was changing, and now we have to start all over. So, uh, go no, ahead. No, no, it's Diaz. all good. Uh, Micah Diaz. <laughs> yeah. I was saying that Micah, um, you know, child. is someone that, that, oh God, yeah. yeah. He's my problem child of the Drift League. I was just talking about him today, actually, with the Moto IQ guys and how I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to create a code of conduct book for next season because of Micah. <laughs> I mean, that's not true. There's a multitude of reasons, but yeah. um it's just funny because he's such a good friend of mine in real life. And I like, uh, when he did his little infamous burnout at round one, his loser burnout, as I call, because he lost and then did this like minute long. burnout. <laughs> I love it. And Oh my God. I, it's so funny. Cause there's like footage of me ch- chasing him down in a golf cart. I, I, um, know. I, remember, I was watching it and laughing from the stands. So, yeah, it was, was, I was so fun. I know it is funny in hindsight, but it was like I had to chase him down and be like, dude, don't make me have to be a dick to my friends because that's when you it, got... that's the, it's the hardest part. Honestly, I always tell everyone this. The hardest part about running the Drift League is working with so many of my friends because I have to put on like the boss hat, not the friend hat. And it's like really complicated. <laughs> and you know what? You know, some some people cannot like uh, separate the two. Like, yeah, I'm the type of person that like, I can I can tell someone to, like, hey, I don't care what you think. We're at, while we're at work, but we can go have a beer afterwards. Uh, you know, right? Like, it, we don't have to get along at work, but you know, we can still be cool outside of that. Um, so right. People, I mean, I'm the same way. <laughs> it's it's hard. Like even with my staff, like I employed so many of my like close friends so it was like yeah having to yeah yeah, having to like you know boss them around (laughs) it sucks hey hey, go do this like yeah they're like you know i was getting pushed back in some regards and with some instances and it's just like yeah and and speaking of like personal friends i for my understanding uh i believe his name is evanor he's your he's your friend right that guy at, yes. at round one was was dying at he was doing the start line for us and that yes, guy yeah. was out there dying and i was like do you need anything man like i was like are you okay he's like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like poor, poor guy. guy i know he was dying and we had him out on track all day and it's it i've since now learned how to um do my staffing a little bit better and give my guys and girls breaks and yeah. <laughs> actually give them shifts because I didn't really think that tr- 
through logistically it's... in the grand scheme of things for round one because I was thinking of so many other things. No, you it... know, I don't know that. It, it was... I don't know that you know this, but like I was given the green light with the series like a mo- six weeks before round one. So yeah, it was I'm, just crazy. I'm assuming you posted it immediately. Had I known, because um, I remember I saw a post like, "Hey, it's coming," and it was from Formula Drift, but that's all it said. It's like, Hey, it's coming. Like it didn't say when it was coming and say how it was coming. It just said it's coming this year. Who knows yeah. when it's going to be. So, and it was, it was either it was pay for round one for just drift for me personally, or like mm-hmm. kind of like hope that this works out. That's down the street from my house. I know it was, it was a little frustrating for me. There was a lot of red tape I ran into and cause I had been planning the series since July of 2017. Like this wasn't like a last minute thing. We started our first conversations with Formula D in July of 2017. And then, yeah, I was, what was that? I said, if you don't mind me asking, sorry to cut you off. Um, How did that go? Like, what was your approach with that with FD? Just in case, you know, there's, there's so, there's what, six pro-am events throughout the country. And I think, um, if somebody else, if you can kind of give somebody else some input on to start, maybe start one in their area, wherever it may be, like, I don't know. Yeah. So call it right in the middle. It can't really, yeah, it's not really like to anybody. It's not like anybody can go and be like, Hey, we want to start our own program series. It has to be like somewhat justified, I guess you could say. I, and Understood. There has to go ahead. Yeah, so there has to be some sort of like you know, benefit for FD to give that licensing to them. And so, um mm-hmm. the good thing about Moto IQ is that we already have a really close relationship with FD, like with Mike Kojima being involved with Formula D, like I know, you know, I've known Andy Luck for a few years and So it wasn't like we were approaching strangers or people we didn't have partnership or like familiarity with before. So we reached out to them and said, Hey, like, you know, we just want to kind of pick your brain, you know, is this something that we could do? Mm -hmm. And so we had a meeting with them and they told us what they were looking for as far as like what was missing in pro two, you know, and some of the things that were missing in pro two was like, hey, the drivers, you know, are like failing tech, like they don't know how to read a rule book. And they don't understand these things. And they don't understand like how to make their pit area look nice. And they don't understand how to, you know, talk to sponsors, like there was just all these little like, issues that pro two drivers have when they first enter Formula D. And so that's kind of what we pitched, like, okay, well, let's, can we help figure that out like could we help better prepare drivers especially with the tech mm-hmm. um with moto iq being a technical you know tech centric you know online magazine and media outlet like that is our you know bread and butter so it just it just made sense and i think it's pretty common knowledge that with tech inspections like in the drift world they're not very serious and there's a lot of dangerous things that pass tech like, you know, that's not for any one series out there. That's just, like, kind of as a whole. So we wanted to change 
that narrative and say like, hey, we can have serious tech and people are going to listen. And I think a lot of other pro-am series are, were, are afraid of, you know, making their tech stricter because they're afraid of losing drivers. Yeah. And I get that. I had that fear too. I'm like, are people going to sign up, you know, with it being this strict and, you know, myself being a drifter, I would have lots of like, I would push back on, you know, the Moto IQ guys and say like, Hey, like, can we not make this a rule or like do, you know, I don't know that the drivers are going to be able to pull that off. You know, it's going to be too expensive or, you know, a lot of people are going to fail and, Everyone did fail actually at Tech Day. A hundred percent of the drivers failed. Not so a single like, person passed. That was one. Not of a them. single. <laughs> but that you know that goes to show that there was that need for us to step in and be like, correct. Hey, and I and I one hundred percent. Let's agree. take Tech seriously. So it was you know it ended up working out. And I, and I Sorry, think... I went on a tangent, but yeah. No, no, <laughs> and, and per, like I'm glad you did. Um, like personally, I think you know we have or rather formula drift has a pro book for tech and they have a pro two book now. They didn't have that before. As far as I remember, um, they did, in- but it just was never public. It's public now. Yeah. For so. oh, to be specific, like, Hey, here's your pro two book. Here's your fucking part of my Spanish. Here's your right. pro book. Here's your pro two book. But, um, I personally, I believe, I think there should be a pro am book. And um, the reason I say that is because, you know, I don't think that any program should operate. They can operate however they see fit. But I think when it comes to tech and it comes to the car build, I think you need to mold that. Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Sorry. You know, can you still hear me? Yes. Okay. So I uh, the other day when I was kind of setting this whole deal up and test. Oh, actually, today. I, uh, I, told my, <laughs> I told my girlfriend because the internet is in her name. I was like, hey, call and upgrade the internet. I'll pay for it. She said, I'll call this weekend. I was like, that's not going to work. And it didn't. So, so here we are. Oh, um, back, to, back to where I was going with the whole tech book on um, Formula Drift. Uh, there is a Pro, Pro 2 book for tech. And I think Pro-Am needs their own to mold them mold the future drivers of FD into learning how to read. I think that was, that's something you kind of, um, you, you reiterated like every single email you ever sent us to like in different wording, like read your damn tech book. Like, it, <laughs> like it's, it's not hard. It's, you know, you, like that was something that was very important. And I understood that. Um, I don't, I don't know what anybody else does for a living in their life. Um, me, I'm in, in the process of trying to, um, get to a project management position in, um, construction. So, so it's kind of like, it's, it's something like, that's very important. You have to read things, you know, you have to make sure that you understand, like you comprehend what is said in an email so you can respond accordingly, uh, and appropriately. And I, I think with a lot of people not reading their um what is it their uh their tech book or just you know the um what was, what was it that you sent out for every event? the drivers the drivers the, info packets yeah the oh schedule gosh, like yeah. like the schedule like hey 
be on time to your stu- be on time to your meetings. Like it's not hard. <laughs> it really right. Isn't. It it was you know I I mean I also had a learning curve in like leadership through this too because you know I'm trying to figure out the best ways to communicate with the drivers and to be most effective and um it is interesting because yeah you do have to read but for some reason like people don't read and they think it's okay not to and I'm like if you guys want to do this this is a part of it like you can't show up to FD and be like I didn't know this was in the rule book like you're gonna get fined or penalized or you know, get points taken away from you possibly, or just, you know, not be in the good graces of FD because you just didn't read. Like that's silly, you know? And so, you know, what you were saying about a pro-am book, like hundred percent agree. And I have been of that mindset this entire time. Like I actually do believe in having all the pro-am series across the country to be more uniform. Correct. However, that requires a buy-in from all the parties. And I will say that that's not ever going to happen. I, and I have to disagree because I what I, what I want to say is like, okay, so Formula D, they have, um, they have a standard to uphold. And I think that if you want to be a licensing a feeder series for FD, I think you need to have that. And I think you need to follow by said rules, said tech, you know what I mean? I, and I think that oh, I that totally should, agree. That and should I, be a requirement. And I, and I understand that FD may, may be like, Hey, well, we're not going to get as many drivers. So we kind of let it, you know, slide. I, I understand that FD is still rather young. Um, but I think if they put their foot down, I honestly don't think that anyone's going to be like, okay, well I'm out. As as rational and logical as that is, mm-hmm. it's just not a popular opinion. Trust me, I've had this conversation. I, I would and, imagine you have. Um, yeah, I've had this conversation with um, multiple folks that you know could make this happen. And it's not that FD is against it, but I mean, just imagine if FD were to say, "Oh, you know." do this or we'll take away your licensing, then what happens? Like then you're going to have, you're going to see a significant drop off of drivers, like in other series, I'm not necessarily talking about SoCal, but in other regions, you know, a lot of the organizers are skeptical about, you know, being as strict as FD or to that level. I mean, they still prioritize safety and things, but it's it's not like it's the wild wild west, but it's just they don't want to mirror it so closely because they're afraid like their driver count won't reflect it. I mean, like one thing that I've seen, like for instance in Texas, like Lone, you know, Lone Star Drift, you know, their their drivers. I'm not going to speak for Aaron Losey or anything like on an event organizer standpoint, but the drivers are primarily you know, purchasing Kenda tires and the Kendas, I think are typically like a 265 or 275 that's available to them. Mm -hmm. So having a tire rule that mimics pro two, it screw them over significantly. And that's why you see Texas drivers typically against that rule. So it's like, it's like weird because it's like you run into different, 
like issues regionally. I think, <laughs> so. I think in life, I, you know, I'm about to hit 30 and I've, I've learned that everyone, no matter who they are, will always find something to bitch about at the end of the day. <laughs> so it's kind of like, it's like, Hey, there's, there are rules to abide by. And I think you just kind of, um, you just need to deal with them, address them, take it as a challenge and take that challenge head on. Um, that's, that's honestly my opinion too. In, I'm, um, I'm glad we agree on that. Cause that's, yeah, I actually a hundred percent agree on that. I've always, that's, I mean, that's, you know, without speaking poorly on anyone else, but that is part of the reason the drift league was started because I was frustrated with how things were run in some of the, you know, series I was competing in. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just didn't, it turned into like, you know, it turned into week long discussions with the judges. I remember when there was like a questionable judging call made against me. Yeah. And what happened was, you know, like I was given a zero for what would be considered a deduction in formula D's rules. So like, let's say I was competing in the drift league, I would have gotten a deduction instead of a zero. And then like in top drift, I was given a zero because I had a front wheel correction uh-huh. But not, not like, a deduction, but a complete zero. I had a complete like you were zero. disqualified for that yes. run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, I'm a pretty opinionated person. Like, I'm not someone that's like, if if something feels unjust to me, I wouldn't be like, oh, it's cool, you know, next time. <laughs> that's yeah. not me. And so it turned into this, like, huge discussion with the judges and I love all the judges at Top Drift. Like, I love Dan and Taka and Hero. Like, Taka's a friend of mine. Dan's a friend of mine. And, you know, it was cool that they took the time to, like, really talk to me about why it was scored as a zero and all these things. And it was it was nice because we had a very respectful, even though we disagreed. Like, I remember talking, your internet sucks. You know, you get what you pay for. Um, so, so, sorry, you were going back on, uh, Taka and, uh, a disagreement disagreement on a call. Go ahead. This is the first episode. I don't hope you didn't expect much. (laughs) Um, but, (laughs) but, but go ahead, please. Uh, you had a disagreement with Taka. Yeah, it was, you know, we, we ended up coming to a, a mutual agreement, but, you know, he was just saying like, this is why we scored it as a zero and you know i was saying well if we went by fd's rules this should just be a deduction i get that it's a big correction and i get that it would have been a big deduction i get that i still probably wouldn't have made it into top 16 but it really sucks because you know i i show up to these events i have sponsors i'd like to show where i'm at in the series overall and just to show a zero means like it's like the equivalent of not even putting down a pass. Like I might as well have just not even have showed up. Yeah. Yeah, It was just like, it was just like really frustrating for me. And like a lot of people ended up hearing about my complaints and thought like I was being ridiculous because I I mean, yeah, it just, it was frustrating because I legitimately got called a crybaby by somebody. Um, somebody else, you know, like I had 
like I remember Dan and this is why I love Dan because he's very blunt <laughs> but he's just like Rathina like you need to focus on your driving like to be honest if you were a better driver then you wouldn't be so concerned with the rules <laughs> and like I mean he's valid in the sense of like yeah if I was killing it then I probably wouldn't care <laughs> but I do care and you know what I do believe that if I even if I was the best I would still care because I'm just like a very like justice oriented person. Like I want things to be fair. And I just felt like that was unfair. It wasn't even for my sake. It was just like what was right. And I'm like, if we're a feeder series, we should be mimicking Formula D. And so, you know, and a lot of the Pro-Am series don't do that. And I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I just know that what I, what my opinion was. And so that's why I, that's how the Drift League started out of that, the frustration of that situation. It was like, well, you know, we try, I tried, like, I actually tried reforming like the rules, but then like, it didn't really work out. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, well, if people don't agree with me, then I'm going to do things the way, like, I think they should be done. And that way I don't have to step on anyone else's toes. And I like, you know, I, I, I have nothing against top drift. And like, I, I just want to say that on the record because a lot of people like created this like secret drama. Like they wanted there to be beef almost like before we started round one of the drift league, people started saying like, Oh, like you're trying to like come in and, you know, stomp all over them. I'm like, no, I don't, really care like I want to provide more opportunities for drivers I think it would be cool for people to do the drift league and top drift like shoot I was planning on even doing top drift if I could have found the time to do it and so it's like I just didn't agree with you know a couple of the things yeah so. and, and I don't have to agree with you on that 100% I remember I ran their 2018 round one um, for those that don't know uh, I haven't even introduced myself. My name is Gerald Hernandez, and I actually am the guy who almost ran over David Carey. Uh, is that how you pronounce <laughs> his name, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Okay. So, um, and just to clarify, I'm not going to say which judge said it, because it doesn't matter. But um, I remember when I did almost hit him, he goes, did you see where he was standing? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, obviously. He's like, he's behind a, cla- a plastic K-Row. He's like, he's not supposed to stand there. He's like, those aren't filled with water or sand. He's like, his media out, his media um, coverage area is over here. Like, that's, you know, he was walking across to get from um, the dirt to where the media was. And he just happened to be caught up in the in a bad area. So, uh, and I remember he was like, he's like, you shouldn't care. He's like, that's not your fault. And I was like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> but I also remember... <laughs> At the same time, in that same event, there was no slowdown zone. This is exactly yeah. what they told us, and I remember specifically coming coming on initiation. This this requires co- commitment. That's and he was like very adamant about that. This co- requires commitment to come in on initiation, um, transition in, and it's a uh, right turn right to transition. You know get as close to the, to the dirt as possible and swing yourself out to the wall because they changed the whole uh, ordeal for round one. I don't know if you were there or not. And um, 
And I was like, I wasn't, right. but I saw the media. I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to do whatever he says. Well, this is my first ever um, prime event. And I'm like, hey, that's what that guy said to do. I'm going to try it. It didn't work in my favor <laughs> or David's favor because, you know, I I was literally a foot a foot from him by the time my entire car stopped. Like I could have I could have hurt him, you know. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. And luckily, he's all right. Um, I think he had like a couple of scratches on his elbow because I remember him falling and I was looking outside my my driver window. He's falling. And at the same time, not only is he trying to catch himself, but he's trying to like hold his cameras and make sure that shit doesn't get fucked up. Because I'm pretty sure <laughs> they're expensive. And I was like, right. I was like, shit, are you okay? Like as he's like still falling and the car is still stopping. I remember I said that like specifically. And then um, my dad was there. He was doing media and uh, he goes, oh, sorry, that was my kid. And then walked away. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I remember that, but but I remember like they were they were super adamant about being like, oh, you need to be committed instead of saying like, hey, from you know here to here because of what's going on, you're allowed to slow down whichever way you see fit. Instead, they were like, no, you need to be on throttle. The only way you're allowed to slow down is throwing more angle in your car, but you need to be on throttle. Right. And and right. that that is what I disagreed with. I did not like that. Um. Not in the least bit, because I was a newer driver, and I understand maybe I shouldn't have been in a pro-am setting yet, and maybe I still shouldn't be, but why are <laughs> no. you going off of some old-ass rule that's not even applied in FD anymore, like when you're trying to mold these drivers into um, FD drivers, you know what I mean? Like, their last right. success, other than, well, not last success, coming from Top Draft, it's like, right now, Ryan Little killed it in was I think it was Texas where he got the top eight. Yes. Top eight. Like in a car that he's only driven a handful of times, he gets the top eight and he's killing it all night. And then Alex Tilbrum has the worst season he's had since he's been in FD. Um, but he killed it in pro two when he came. Right. And they're like, I remember in that meeting, they're like, um, you know, the best drivers from FD come from here. And I'm like, maybe at the time, but you know, you're not molding them into what they need to be currently. Right. And that's why I think right. that, that that tech book and that rule book needs to be updated. And I'd, I'd really like to get Charlie on in a future show and kind of discuss that with him and see how he sees the future of Just Drift going. Yeah, I think it would be awesome. And like Top Drift and Just Drift as an entity is like just OG, man. It's like. I, I don't want it to go away. I do not want it to go away. I don't want it to go away either. You I know, want that's not. That's, that was never the goal, and, you know, I'm... I, I don't think it is. I never thought it was when I saw it. I just thought it was a different avenue. Yeah, people people like to just fill in the blanks. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't I, know. <laughs> I, I, per, on a personal level, I am very... The best way to put it is I'm very selfish, so I don't care what other people think. And I think <laughs> that, you know, I've said that before in, like, that other interview we had where the tables were turned. It's a little awkward now. Um, at least I'm more comfortable now. Um, in like, I don't care what somebody else has to say in the sense that unless you're, even if you're writing my check, you could see these emails I've been writing to my boss this last week is I've, I've been an asshole. So I've been an asshole back. Um, but it's just like, you know, fuck, I lost my train of thought. And, 
oh, I don't care about what people think. And it's like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I, and that's what I want to encourage other people to do is if, if you do something wrong, you're going to learn from that. If you keep doing it and you keep doing wrong, like you're on your own, like no one's going to help you. If you can't help right. yourself, who's going to help you? You know, and that's what I, I kind of want to get here. Um, and the, there was a question I wanted to ask you that I didn't get to ask you because we kind of went off on some other crap. And the question was, is you said you went to a D1 GP event at Irwindale, correct? Yes. Okay. And it might be a stupid question, but at that time when you saw that, did it, anything ever come to your mind that you would be running your own series at the same location where you saw your first drift event? <laughs> not in a million years, not in a million, million years. And it's crazy because there are times, I mean, one, me being a woman, but me just also just being the sentimental and emotional person that I am. Yeah. I get very like, there are times where I just stand on the speedway, like at the drift league events and I kind of just stare off into the distance and I'm like, is this real? is this really happening? Like how, how did this happen? And I, I like look back at the grandstands and I'm like standing on track mm -hmm. and I like envision myself as a 16 year old sitting on the stand grandstands. And like, it's almost like I'm looking back at my former self and it's just, it's, it's honestly surreal. It's so crazy. Cause even a year and a half ago, if you told me this, I wouldn't have believed you either. Cause that was never my goal. Like, what are you that talking was about? never something. <laughs> yeah. Like I was never like, Oh yeah, I'm going to start my own pro-am series. And like, that was never something I ever like dreamt of for myself. It just happened. And it it's, you know, my faith coming into it. Like I really do believe like God lined up everything to where I am, where I'm supposed to be. And so I'm very grateful and blessed for that too. But it is really cool. It's like, I don't know. I get like so emotional thinking about it. I'm like, it's a really cool opportunity, like straight up. It's, I, I, it's, it's rad. It's, it's definitely understandable. It's kind of like, it's, you know, it's, I, I don't know you on a personal level. You know, you and I don't hang out. So I don't know how you are on, on that level, but you don't seem the type of person to like boast about things you know, you've accomplished. And I think that's great. But I think at, sometimes you're allowed to like, kind of think to yourself, like, damn, like I set a goal and I, and I fucking achieved it. Like with, yes, it was a roller coaster. There was ups, there was downs. Sometimes there's more downs than ups. Um, you know, that works. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's good for you to feel that way. Like, Hey, I, I didn't like the way something was running. So I made it better from my perspective, like now the, right. just, just the stupid, like the stupidest little things from just drift to top to uh, the drift league is like the points, like how you um, qualify. Right. You have a possible total of 300 points in just drift. And then, right. Uh, and then in the drift league, it's like, no, you, you can get a hundred. You're not going to, but it's a possibility. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that because, you know, I went in with the goal of like, okay, let's make this close to FD. But I didn't realize like what that entailed. And so when I went to go create like the judging sheets and the scoring sheets and 
how the points worked. Like I had no idea how any of it worked. I didn't realize I didn't know how any of it worked until like, I am a fan of formula D and I can keep up, but I was like, wait, what like qualifying points and adding it to your competition like it was so I had to teach myself to teach you guys yeah and it was just funny because I didn't actually know (laughs) I know so how hard was it to figure out in all honesty I mean it wasn't it wasn't hard at all but it, it was I mean it was very clearly laid out but it was just I just found it funny to me. I'm like, oh, I had no idea this is how it was done. And that's and that's what I'm trying to push like with this whole thing is like a lot of people don't realize how easy it is to get into pro-am. Like, you know, I don't know where people are at in the country. I don't know how big this is going to get, if it's going to get big at all. Um, But it's literally just sign up and read a rule book of what they have. And some people, they cannot fathom like, wait, there's a rule book. I got to sign up for this. I got to bring another set of tires maybe right. eight sets you know it they people just can't kind of like wrap their head around that and it's it's not as expensive as you think you can you can kind of get by on some you don't even want to know how little i spent last season you can get by on some really janky stuff um but <laughs> don't it, tell me that <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> no, no no i meant like as far as price wise um yeah but yeah can, but and then there's teams like i don't i don't know them personally but um, like the Sorensons. Yeah, the Sorensons are definitely on the, like a different level. They are on a pro level, doing pro am, doing it the right way. Like, hey, we're gonna come through pro am, we're gonna get our license, and um, you know, and then there's, I don't know to use an example. Uh, I'm just gonna go with me because I don't, I don't really know a whole lot of other drivers. Like me, I'm a, I'm a single dad. I pay child support. I have you know bills to pay rent electricity shit like that um granted i do have a girlfriend that kind of helps me with half the rent stuff she don't help me with half the child support um but and i have my son half the time and that's the thing is like i'm still able to afford these things like yeah i'm only buying six tires at a time but i'm making sure i buy enough you know i have a, i have a credit card and i'm kind of like focused on managing my money correctly so if i do pay that i gotta make sure i have it in my account to pay it off within a certain time frame to make sure um i'm not paying interest on those tires or whatever it may be right right you know everyone's program is different and then you see someone like sorensen who comes in with a damn toter home and an rv on top of that um mm-hmm. and that's just kind of like there's so much from there like there's so much in between that and that's what i was trying to prove like i came in on a borrowed trailer half the time my mother bought my trailer um and it's not and it's not a gift by the way i still owe her 2100 bucks right now so you know and that's and that's got to be paid off soon too so it's just a reality of things like the use your resources you have um all this crap this reason this thing is being recorded is because I had an idea last week and I was, there's something missing and I wanted to do something about it. And I asked my dad, I was like, Hey, do you have any recording equipment? He gives me some, I don't know what this is. It says Tascam DR680. That's all I know. I have a laptop, made a Skype account. This is where we're at. (laughs) No, I'm glad you did it. And I think, I mean, you really did hit the nail on the head by saying like, people think it's really complicated to get into pro and it's really not. You know, I have people all the time asking me, like, how can I get involved in drifting? How can I compete? And I'm like, leave me alone. To me, 
No, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> Go to thedriftleague.com. No, um, it, it's funny because I'm so like engulfed in it that I forget that there is that barrier, mm-hmm. you know, from just a regular drift enthusiast that might want to start drifting or just started drifting that is curious about competing and they don't really know what's next. And, you know, it, it is that simple of like reading the rule book and building your car to pass tech. Like that's literally the only barrier you can do. You can come to an event and show up with two tires and just drive and get that experience. You don't necessarily have to show up to try to win. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is just getting, making sure your car passes tech. I mean, it's kind of the big thing for any series because if your car doesn't meet the minimal requirements, then you're not going to be able to run. Yeah, that's very true. But that's that's it. That's that's literally it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not hard. And I think the the biggest for me, at least, uh, depending on who you talk to, uh, the biggest issue I had was getting my roll cage done. Mm-hmm. So if anybody has a stupid question later, not a stupid question. That's a legitimate one. Um, Start following pro-am drivers. A lot of those guys are building their own stuff. Um, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what those guys. Um, I don't know their financial situation, but what I do know is I, I see a lot of people who they're always doing something like they're, you know, you see them making their own cages, you see them making somebody else's cages, and some pro-am drivers don't even post about that. Whether that's hurting themselves or not, or they just kind of would rather not deal with that, that's also understandable. Um, dealing with people is kind of rough sometimes. Um, right. I, I think that, you know, just get into the sport and uh, find another pro-am driver and offer your assistance. If you can give your time, obviously no money, just to kind of understand how a pro-am um, operates, I think that's also a good avenue to run down too. Yeah. And I did that for 2017. That's awesome. So, and it, it, I saw, I saw a lot of things I disliked the way this person ran their program. So I decided to like make sure I didn't do those certain things I didn't like. Mm. So that's just, that's what worked for me. And not that I had the most successful pro-am season at all, because I did wreck a car that I just freshly built for that. Um, I wouldn't deem that unsuccessful. I mean, you oh. have people that have really successful programs that, total their cars too oh no, no i i didn't i didn't meant like i didn't mean that as an unsuccessful thing i meant i just didn't have a more successful season than i could have possibly mm. um, yeah but it, no it, i think it's cool that you were able to like run a whole season and complete a whole season because that's actually a lot harder said than done it, it is <laughs> it is do you know how many tires i actually uh i finished that car in 2017 the quote-unquote last Thursday night drift of Irwindale was when I debuted that car and I drove it for the first time. Mm. Um, and six months later, uh, not six months later, that was like almost nine months later, um, the Drift League round one was, and I was back at Irwindale driving. And, uh, oh, that's awesome. So just shy of a year, I killed that car. And... The car never meant anything to me because the car wasn't me. And that's another thing I want to encourage if you don't like, if you're not into Japanese cars or European cars and you're like, I like Camaros, build a Camaro. Um, Yeah. I mean, I've like, that's what I always tell people too. And 
I've never been anyone to step outside of a Z because I just am obsessed with Zs. That's the most successful <laughs> chassis in FD. It's got five champions as far as five championships as far as I'm aware of, which is two with Tanner Faust and three with Forsberg. Huh. I've never actually thought of that that way. Yeah. Interesting. Not even the 240 has uh, that many. So that's another thing to think about. By yeah. the way, I hate 240s. Ugh. I actually hate 240s too, and I have two of them. I know you do. It's a problem. I'm going to I'm gonna smash into that as soon as I get a chance to. <laughs> Good. I just got it smogged. I'm going to be driving it on the streets very soon. <laughs> oh, so it's insured? <laughs> Good. What was that? So yeah. It's insured. We'll, we'll get it, paid it will for be. it. Don't worry. <laughs> Liability only. That's, that's all you need. I'll hit you. So I'll crash. No, I'll crash into you. I'll... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, I got a, I'm pretty sure my driving record's much worse than yours. Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't be too sure about that. <laughs> um, I, I've been in 14 accidents. Okay. I haven't been in any accidents, knock on wood, but mm. I have a lot of tickets. I've actually, uh, I don't have so many tickets. I, I, I get them very, uh, as I've gotten older, I don't like speed anymore. Um, but the reason that my BMW was built is I actually had a Cadillac CTSV. Um, mm, long story short, so I decided sick. to open that thing up on the freeway one night. Um, going to work, it was like four in the morning, maybe maybe three thirty, and uh, I started to open it up. My dumbass takes a picture of the speedometer. I'm doing one thirty five, and oh, uh, dear Lord. <laughs> I'm tr- my dumb ass is trying to get like the camera to focus, and then I notice, hey, I'm drifting into the to the right lane. So I uh, I see a car in front of me and I correct right into a wall. Are you serious? I'm not all, kidding at all. All for the gram. It wasn't even for the gram. It was just for me personal. And then oh I hit, lord, I hit the wall at on the 110 at probably like 120 miles an hour. Well, thank God you're still alive. It, it, it wasn't even like the same hit that I hit the wall at Irwindale. It was just kind of like a, a side swipe to the wall. But at 120, uh, it's... That's pretty crazy. It's a pretty violent crash. And uh, the car totaled, so I took that motor out and I built a BMW around it. Oh my gosh, you're crazy. And that's what started my uh, my drifting career. So I'm, wow. thank- I'm thankful for that stupid ass accident. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, I'm glad you're alive. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but it, that's that's how it happened. So, whoever somebody else finds a reason to make their drifting career, don't do that. That's, that's stupid. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't take your, your you know your 2015 Camaro you have and just like wrap it around a pole and be like, hey, finance company, is it cool if I pay you the extra money and I keep the car? Because that's what I did. And I told it's you. okay. I mean, I have my share of trouble I've gotten into, which is why I built the Z because when I had my Nismo, I was that was my daily driver and my drift car. That was the only car I had at the time, and I definitely got way too many tickets in it because I was always being super reckless until I finally got arrested one day for street drifting in front of a police station. Oh, and then, wow. Look at you. You're like an outlaw. I can't believe you got arrested for for street drifting. Okay, so what I was trying to say is that it is as cool as as people think I am for that story. 
I just didn't, I didn't know that I was drifting in front of a police station. I thought it was a medical facility and it was just a complicated situation. There's a longer story to it. It's actually pretty funny. Um, that was back was, in 2012. You know, it doesn't matter when it was, uh, we've all done dumb shit. And, uh, I think, uh, I think learning from that is, is funny, especially if it's a funny story. Yeah, I mean, that was the last time I street drifted. And and that is actually what inspired me to build my current car was because I was like, I'm out of control. I can't control myself. And I need to get rid of this car. So I got rid of that car. You an outlaw. Yeah. And so I decided to keep it on the track. And that's good, though. Um, And hang on, I, I got I got some more questions for you. I think we covered a lot, and I kind of want to get to um, some questions. I understand that you had some questions from, because you posted on your page, about ask me some questions. I'm going to be on this thingamabob. And, yes. But because this gentleman is an avid uh, podcast listener and definitely an avid drift enthusiast, uh Macho Man Randy Sanchez asks, can we put cat food in our tires to attract more cats to drift events? Um, I mean, I think that it's breaking the rules, but if you want to just do it for fun outside of competition, then sure, yeah. I think that would be great. Do you <laughs> believe it would be a substance that would cause the tires to stick to the wheels better for me to run lower PSI? But also have cats. Ooh, cats and lobe. Hmm. I don't know that if you were to run a lower PSI with cat food in your tire, I think that would probably. I feel like it would cause the the like the wheels to drag. Like it would just put a lot of weight down. Like too much grip. Hmm. It's true. And I, I, there's another question from, what is it, Miguel LT1. Um, yes. I didn't see the whole question, but I says, even though it requires a lot of practice, would you consider competing in the Drift League to earn your FD license? And I think I want to go ahead and kind of be like, it's kind of a conflict of interest for you to do that? Even though 100%. Personally, yeah, that... <laughs> I don't feel it is because you're still judged by the same people, and I understand, but you are the event organizer. You do run the show. <laughs> So it would, if there's any type of questionable call, like anything, I don't care what it is you did. If you pulled the handbrake by accident just to correct something real quick, but it didn't throw you off your line, they would just be like, she shouldn't have got her license. They gave it to her because she's the event organizer. I'm, yeah, I am never competing in the Drift League. No, That's I, never going to happen. Like, it, it's so funny because that is something I get asked way too often and when I first started talking about the Drift League, people were like, you're competing in it, right? And I'm like, no, no, that's an absolute conflict of interest. And I mean, okay, yeah, For the first point being it's an absolute conflict of interest. Two, if I did well, and if, you know, if I ever go pro, I never want anyone questioning how I got there. Three, being an event organizer is a lot of work and I don't even have the time to get in a car and drive during my own events. And I think if you ever host your own event, you'd understand that, but it's, it's just too crazy. You know, I told myself I would drive with you guys during practice, you know, just so I can drive 
but I don't even have time to do that. So it's just never going to happen. Yeah, I, I, th- that makes sense. I, I don't see it as a conflict of interest because I know that the judges aren't just going to be like, well, we're Thena one because she runs this event. At least, no, of at, least, not. at least At least I know that, but I think some people can't like wrap their head around that idea. They're like, especially like people who are like super like conspiracy, conspiracy theorists, like they're like, no, no, they gave it right. to her because she runs the event. That's what they're supposed to do. You know, it's just kind yeah. of. Yeah, and I already, I already have a lot of people saying I have a lot of things going in my favor because I'm a girl. And like, that drives me nuts because I'm like, yo, being a woman is not easy. It doesn't help me get sponsorships whatsoever because I don't attract any target demographic of any of these companies. But people don't get that. They're just like, Ooh, girl, popular, sponsorable. And I'm like, nah, homie, that's not how this works. But okay, thanks. Like, thanks for discrediting my hard work. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm, re- I'm real sponsorable. That's why I ran a whole season this year. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it's it, people. People just can't wrap their heads around certain things. Um, and I like this question because I think it's kind of funny. And it's from at H I McDuno. Uh, McDonough, who knows? Uh, when is the last time you were in the kitchen? <laughs> um, probably like an hour ago. I was finishing up some last bits of Thanksgiving pies. I go crazy every year for Thanksgiving. I baked 12 pies the other night. I baked two more tonight. I actually really love cooking and baking. So when people are like, oh, because my, my hashtag is not a kitchen, it's super ironic because I love cooking. So you like to party. I got it. I no, love to party. I, actually, my, my mom uh, like texted me earlier. She's like, hey, I, I, I made you a pumpkin cheesecake. You got to come pick it up. And I was like, Aww. I was like, all right. Um, <laughs> uh, Boosted Drift Bill- Bullet asks, uh, what changes or what things are in store for 2019 season of the Drift League? If you can um, say anything at this time. Yeah, so one thing that I can say is probably the biggest change is that we are going to be having our events on Saturdays. So, woo! Thank um, God. You took all my damn vacation time last year. Uh, yeah, it's all I gone. took vacation time too. I, took, I don't even have vacation time for my own day job. Trust me. Hey, 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 I, hey that's I'm not right my there fault. with you guys. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's my fault. <laughs> But um, we'll be on Saturdays. That's not, like, officially announced yet, but I'm hoping to announce it soon because I have the dates, but I can't tell you what they are. Okay, and then um, uh, to add to that before I cut you off, are we going to get a two-day deal? Are we going to be able to just to run to do a test yeah. on Friday nights? Is that Or is it still a one-day deal? Not that I have a problem with it. I'm just asking out of curiosity. It's still one day. Um, it's fine. It's definitely one day. I would love to eventually get to two days, but that... I don't see that happening, but who know, who knows? I also never saw Saturdays happening, and it's happening. So no, that, I'm very. It's a it's a huge deal. That's you know, great we news. have a really great partnership with Irwindale that we developed over the year, and I am beyond stoked. Like super, I've been holding this in for a long time, and I'm like, ah, oh, I just want to announce it. That's but. awesome. So it's it's not set in stone, but it is a possibility we will be running on Saturdays. And can you at least say that? some 
events will be definitely on a Saturday and possibly we may have to run on Fridays on other events. Um, all of our rounds will be on Saturdays, <laughs> 2019. Uh, that I know. I, and like I said, I do have the dates, but one of them we had to change because of a conflict with an FD round. And Thank you for doing that. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, I kind of had to because it was a conflict with the SoCal FD round. Let's just say it was a conflict with FD Long Beach. And so I was oh, like, oh shit, that's kind of soon, man. You know, I have to build a whole car, right? <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be happy with when our season starts. It's kind of soon. Actually, I kind of got lucky. I don't know if you uh, follow at all um, or kind of keep up with. So the original car I was supposed to buy, which is here in SoCal, was from a friend. Well, this dingus decided not to tell me, like, hey, I never finished paying off this car, so it's got a lien on it. And I was like, what? Mm. I was like, I can't buy your car. He goes, why not? He's like, it's going to be a race car. I was like, well, I plan on taking this thing out of state. If by some stupid chance, someone's like, hey, I got to run these numbers because it's just protocol. That yeah. car comes up as like, hey, this guy owns this car and not you. Yep. I was like, I'm not going to spend whatever amount of money I'm going to spend and have sponsors on this car and be like, you don't even own that damn car. Right. Um, so I backed out and I found one. Well, I didn't find one. It's been for sale for a while. I just kind of didn't want to go get it. Uh, a car in Oregon. And Oh, yeah. It, I have been following. It's it is a drift car. It was a drift car, rather. It's been parted out since. Mm -hmm. But it has a full FD spec cage in it. Um, it's got a tube front, not a tube rear, because he did run the he did run the stock tank in the rear, um, fill tank, and I'm going to change a, a few things. But I think I'm probably gonna have most, if not all, of the parts all together by February. So if as long as it's after that, I think I'll be all right. It is after February. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um but not too much after <laughs> oh. so so it's it's basically going to start as a, a normal drifting series it's not going to start in freaking june when you did Maybe. before which we'll was see. which was i great. can't say anything on the record okay so well i'm i'm assuming you're going to release it so as soon as you do so i can update update my driver's proposal because right now it says uh hey this is for last year's reference as far as the series i'm going to be running in um, yeah, we're not starting in June this time. That I didn't even want to start in June last time, but it just happened the way it did. So yeah, but you weren't gonna be like, hey, we have a drift event and then like next week, like, can you guys make it? <laughs> so it, it's understandable <laughs> exactly. for you to give yourself a little bit of space. Um, let's see, we have Mister Angry Eight Eight Eight. When are we going to see the S chassis again? Um, okay, well, my SR S13 is at Moto IQ. I saw it today. It still doesn't run. Surprise. Um, <laughs> that's not a jab at Moto IQ. That's definitely my fault. Right. Um, but no, they. Yeah, I had the car under my possession. Like it was at Moto IQ, but it was still like my project that I needed to finish. And then I stopped working there full time and. Then I kind of handed over the project to them. The car is literally almost done. It just needs wire. Oh, you're back. Holy hell. Okay. Whoa, how did that happen? I don't know. What I did <laughs> is I like I like disconnected from my internet and then I reconnected and then it worked. I don't know why it does it. It's probably the computer. Can you still huh. hear me? Okay, yeah. good. All right, sweet. Um, so that thing's almost running. That's that's awesome. But uh, I've been following you for a while and I remember like two years ago it was almost running, so 
I hope it's a lot closer than it was two years ago. It is a lot. It's so close. It's almost done. Yeah. Like straight up almost done. And then the K8 car um, is almost running. Is and it? I'm, yeah, or it is running, I should say. It's almost street registered. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, so is the, is the K8 car a uh, single cam or dual cam? It's dual cam. Oh, nice. Uh, my buddy, he blew his single cam in his S13. Um, and he uh, decided to do like a full-on turbo single cam build. He's having oh. nothing but freaking nightmares. And he's been like hitting me up to hit, like help him out with Every wire. K-A-T build I've seen has always had problems. So, I mean, they're cool. Like I've, I, I like know, it. I, it's different. I it's like different. them. They're different. I but I, I actually want to trade my ka car for a stock z hopefully soon so we'll see oh just as a like a sunday car yeah just a fun yeah exactly i'm in the same boat um before i actually crashed my stupid bmw uh i was actually in the vote in the market for to buy another cadillac um as a sunday car because i just i wanted another one i really missed my old one and then uh that whole debacle happened and it just kind of became like, screw it, we're going to build one and we're going to keep it and hope for the best. Um, Dope. We'll see how that goes next season. Right, it might be worse. I might be better. Who knows? Um, yeah. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to pronounce this pretty badly. And it's at category mm-hmm. underscore 240Z. Uh, are you going to go to Adams for their winter drift event? I'm not sure what their winter drift event is, but their 10 year anniversary is coming up in two weeks or three weeks or something. I'll probably be there for that. Gotcha. I don't know that I'll be driving, but I'll be there. Swing by. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Oh, we were, we were talking about, um, damn, I'm terrible with names and I feel like an asshole. Uh, at Chango Drift, we spoke about him earlier. The guy who oh, Evanor, like, Evanor, who lost ten pounds on the first day of the Drift League, uh, just <laughs> sweating his ass off. Uh, what's good? First car. What's a good first car to start drifting in? Price, power, balance, and tires easily replaced. In um, your opinion? I personally think a 350Z. I know it's heavily biased opinion, but. It's just such a well-balanced car, and it doesn't need a lot out of the box. to drift. It just, yeah, out of the box, and they're really cheap now. You know, you can get one for four grand or less. And if, and if somebody else so, wants to add to that, uh, would you say that the the G thirty five is on the same level? No, I hate G thirty five. Hey, 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 hey! I hate them. One of the very few Japanese cars I like. Can you not be? A dick about it? No, I hate them. I'll be a dick <laughs> about really? it. Z's are just That's... so much better. Really? It's funny because I used to hate Z's. So my brother had a G35. That's uh-huh. the car I learned to drive on. Oh, okay. Like, I had a driver's permit. I was driving that car. And then I loved the G35. I was like, dude, this car is sick. And I thought the 350Z was ugly. But then I didn't want to get the same car as my brother because I didn't want to be lame. So then I ended up just getting a Z. Oh, and I fell in love with the Z, and now I hate G35s. Uh, you know, I always liked the G30, uh, and I I don't know enough about them. I remember when I was like 16, I showed up at a dealership, and I just liked the car, and I was like, hey, can I des- test drive it? He's like, yeah, let's go. By the way, I had like very limited experience on how to drive a standard at the point at that time. 
and I stalled it as we like pulled out. He's like, yeah, the clutch is really weird on this. I was like, yeah, 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 it sure is. And uh, oh, we were driving God. around the block and I was like, all right, well, let me see if my dad will get it for me. He's like, how old are you? I was like 16. He's like, you need to stop the car right now. So I remember oh, that. Oh my gosh. That was on Holt yeah, I mean, in Ontario. That's so funny. I actually really love sedans though. Like I love G35 sedans and G37 sedans. I just don't like the coupes. Uh, uh, I, I don't hate them. I don't love them. I remember at one point I I really liked them. I just, but this was also in 2007. So I was also 18 and I, in a different mindset at the time. Um, yeah. So next question we have from Drift E30. Uh, what was the big, biggest challenge for you while learning how to drift? Uh, that's a big question. I mean, I would say like not starting with the basics, like really screwed me over. Like I had a hard time learning how to transition cause I didn't, like learn how to do figure eights. I just went and started drifting Same. and was like, I don't know how to transition. I'm so confused. Same. It used to like really confuse me. I didn't understand it until one day I like felt it and I was like, Oh, I get it. <laughs> but that took like a year. Yeah. <laughs> it it's bad. It's, it's never easy. A lot of people think like, Oh, I can just skip it and learn like, mm. Just do some figure eights. Until yeah. Like, if you could just do figure eights until they're and super like boring donuts, and you're yes, doing it effortlessly, and, then you can yes. move on. Exactly. And like vary the size, like do small figure eights, big figure eights. And then if you can do that, you you honestly just know how to drift at that point. I didn't do that. <laughs> Full disclosure. I didn't either. My dumb ass was like, this is cool. I remember I walked into like um, 2015 of uh formula drift uh long beach and i was like i was walking across the bridge and i was like holy shit i want to do this someday and then i bought that stupid cadillac i remember i like kicked the clutch going on the freeway one day and i broke the diff they're known for having weak diffs they're the same diff that mm -hmm. came in like a solstice and a saturn sky and i think broke it's like aluminum housing immediately and uh i was like okay can't do this <laughs> but then i built That's that funny. i built the bmw no prior drifting experience. I was like, I just built a pro-am car and I'm going to go do this. And I had no idea what I was doing and I still don't. Still figuring it out. So we'll see. That's um, so fun. Um, right here we got uh, Tommy Two-Time underscore. Can you come to Texas and drift with Missile Drifts? Um, maybe. I mean, I don't see myself going to Texas with a drift car anytime soon. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that I would love cost to. You a minimum of like fifteen hundred bucks round trip, just just in fuel, food, and uh, hotel. Yeah, stay. well, so and the the plan with the SRS thirteen was actually to like keep it out of state. Like, I would love to keep it in either Texas or um, Washington, like mm -hmm. for Evergreen drift, and that way I can just like fly up and drive. Oh, you're trying to get on that baller status, like arrive and drive. Got it. I, you know, who isn't? I actually had it all lined up. Like, I have a shop to keep it at and service I a car in between. You. I can barely find a, I can barely keep my car in my dad's garage right now. He's like, your shit's in my way. I was like, I know. <laughs> I know. So, yep. We'll see. But, all right. Uh, I'm going to close out the show. I want to thank you for being 
on. Um, I would like in, to openly invite you at any point if you'd ever like to come on and co-host. Uh, I think you have a lot of credibility and a lot of uh, questions at your disposal that I wouldn't necessarily think of. Um, so from here on out, I will... I'll let you know, like when I schedule something, if you have time to come on, I encourage you to do yeah, so. Yeah, dude. Totally uh, down. Thank you, you for that. If you can't, uh, it's it's not a big deal. It's not something I'm going to take personal, so don't worry about it. Um, but if if I do hit you up like multiple times and you're just like, I can't, I'm just eventually I'm going to be like, screw you. I'll have <laughs> you on. I'll schedule you on when you can. Um, but thank you. Uh, I hope that somebody learned something from this maybe not this episode in particular but hopefully i want to get some other drivers from the east side of the country because i don't know anybody over there i don't know of anybody over there either um and i'm gonna get some of the event organizers i've been talking to them uh so far it's been like super um a positive uh what's the word i'm looking for positive response to what i'm trying to do and i think we can kind of get something done with this and help future people who want the future of FD to get there. Uh, that's terrible verbiage. Uh, future all drivers good. I get the who point. want I agree. to fucking drive. <laughs> Pardon my French again. Um, and we're going to go from there. Uh, thank you again. Uh, you wanna, yeah, thanks for having how, me, man. It how can fun. people reach you? Um, where do they reach you at? The gram is the easiest place. Uh, that's on Instagram, Lady Z33. So L A D I I underscore Z33. So. Hey, I, I heard a yeah. story and I'm just going to ask real quick. Is that what you used to introduce yourself as? Oh my God, yes. Oh. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> How old were you? It's, I was like 16, but probably up until age 19. Oh, you're. Did you, do you think about it now? Like, oh, what a douchebag move. Yes, honestly, it's Ugh. probably one of my more embarrassing things that I did because you know, all, I thought yeah. I was so cool. Hey, you were. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you were the fucking coolest kid you knew at the time. So we'll go with that. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably because I knew nobody and I was like, say, no one go. can say that's, that's all I'm that matters. You knew yourself. You knew you were fucking cool. Hi, I'm, Le I'm Lady Z33. That's that's good. I like that. I, I think that's funny. It's You're I a don't. person. You're a person. You eat. <laughs> You show that. I, I like that. Um, again, thank you. Uh, I'm going to close it out. And uh, for anybody else who may be interested in being on the show, reach out to us. Um, I will DM is probably the best. You can email me. That'll work too. Uh, it's all on my Instagram page, which is at um, Drifting Pro Am. Um, that's the Instagram page. My name is Gerald Hernandez. Uh, you can reach me at Gerald underscore Hernandez, spelled with a J. And uh, we'll see how this goes. Thank you. Dope. Have a good night, Rathena. Good night. Bye-bye.